0: Welcome to the Recovery Stories Podcast, bringing you stories of hope, healing, and triumph over the bondage of addictions, mental health struggles, trauma, and dysfunctional family systems. Our courageous storytellers have chosen to live their journey out loud in order to show others that they don't have to suffer in silence. The stories you will hear are raw, real, and may involve graphic and triggering content. This podcast is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health's rooted alumni community. If you or a loved one are struggling, have questions, or are ready to take the next step, call our Admission Center at 888-648-4098 or visit us online at www.promisesbehavioralhealth.com. Our team is ready and waiting to answer the call for help. Welcome to this episode of Rooted Recovery
1: Stories. My name is Patrick Custer and I'm your host. I'm so glad that each and every one of you are joining us, whether you're live or on replay. We're glad that you're here and tuning in. Um, I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today. She's an award-winning TV personality, host and creator of the talk show Wake Up with Marcy." in addition to serving as a recovery expert on Fox, CBS, NBC, and ABC. Welcome, marcy hopkins
2: thank you so wonderful to be here
1: absolutely Um, i always get so excited on uh, these days we get to uh record and talk about recovery and hope and um solution Um, yes it's 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 a blessing to be on on this side of things today um Mm -hmm. i will say that i noticed uh that you like myself are a texas native
2: yeah, I'm from Houston.
1: Awesome. I'm from. Was originally I'm born in Dallas, and uh, didn't spend didn't spend too many years there before we moved uh, here to Nashville. I'm a um, uh, very pretty much a Na- Nashville native at this point, but but was born born there in Texas.
2: You're gonna bring out my accent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's okay.
2: I, I, I look forward to making it to Nashville one day. I've not been there before.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, you'll have to let me know when you come. I'd love to yeah. love to get to see you in person. Thank you. Well, absolutely. So let's talk about, you just had, um, a pretty big milestone happen in your career and, uh, recovery journey uh, your book, chaos to clarity was just released. And that's, I mean, how so exciting that.
2: Yeah, it, it was pretty amazing. Um, I, I never thought that this would truly be happening, but the gifts of sobriety are pretty amazing. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and this is certainly one of those gifts and being able to tell my story and now help others Mm -hmm. through my experiences is such a gift.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's what it's all about, especially, I mean, everything we do here on this, this show is about sharing stories because uh it's the way we heal we connect through we we heal through connection and you know bonding over similar struggles and things and um i just love that uh, that you're opening up about yours and i'm looking forward to hearing more about yours today so let's let's just start right in from from the beginning where where were you uh we know where you were born but tell us a little bit about your family life and uh you know the early years.
2: Yeah, you know, the early days, my mother, I was an accident. My mother had me uh she was pregnant when she was 18, had me when she just turned 19. And um uh, my father and she did try to make it work, but he was gone about a year after. So she was really my primary person when I was very very young, but then I spent a lot of years with my grandparents because she too was just really too young. And and also, unfortunately, had her own struggles with alcohol and drugs. Mm. So, it, and this is where my story starts actually in my book. I started in the room where uh, my abuse started. It was at her boyfriend's house. And, you know, they had a night of partying and I'm literally taking you through each step of what happened. And I got into a little mischief. I was, six, seven years old. And her boyfriend ended up beating me in front of her and it was my grandparents. And, uh, we had a family party that day and I was told to hush, hush about it. And I ended up breaking down and, and sharing with my grandmother what happened because I was all black and blue and in a lot of pain. And she said that I could stay there. They got kicked out of the house and, um, And yeah, I had to make a decision to go back with my mother, or stay with my grandparents. So you can imagine at seven years old, that's a pretty big decision to make. But there was no, I didn't feel safe with my mom. And so I did stay with my grandparents till about 12 years old. My mother was remarried and I thought this guy was our knight in shining armor. I was going to have that family I always dreamt, dreamt of. And then the sexual abuse started. So once the sexual abuse started, I was crumbling. I was 12 years old, and now I had a secret. I really thought it would never happen again. Um, He bought me gifts. I got to go on a trip. I did keep it to myself, um, but then it continued. And Mm -hmm. uh, then I found drinking, and that was really as you can imagine, it felt good. It was an escape. I didn't have to think about what was happening at my home life and failing school. And uh, I actually wanted to end my life. I didn't think that I could ever get out of what the situation I was in. And even though I told my mother, she never left. And and that was her own struggles. I know that now through my healing, right, Mm -hmm. that we blame our parents for so much, but I now see her as just a very weak woman that had a very bad sickness, and yeah. she she couldn't get out of there. So, I spent a lot of my years, um, you know, drinking and looking like life. I was living life, you know, but my my drinking was a constant. I drank every single day, whether it was one glass of wine or a bottle of, uh, of wine, you know, or the nights out on the weekends. Pretty crazy. And my work career was good. I've always been in the entertainment industry. I mean, that all would look really good. But the thing is, how did, is, you, learn, that, how did yeah. you learn
1: to? So you were you were you were able to function? Yes. And still, so how like how did you do that? <laughs> I'm not one. Of, I I wasn't one of those. Okay. Um, and so, did you have an example of of what? you know uh,
2: i think you know so of course we have a i'm i'm racing through my stories mm-hmm. but there was a time i had left high school and i was drinking i was clubbing i was a, like 18 19 i just found drugs so that was another big escape you know it was like the ecstasy days and all of that and i was in this apartment building and everyone around me was doing the same thing. And I was walking by a pool and I and I share this in my book, was walking by a pool and there was a huge window and I saw a reflection of myself that looked just like my mother. Mm-hmm. And it was in that moment that I knew I had to make a change. So there's many times in my life that I would kind of start to hit that rock bottom And then I'd be like, I got to pull myself out of here, you know, and I would find the strength to start over. I started over a lot of times Mm. in my life. Um, There was definitely a cycle for me, Uh, relationship cycles, cycles in work. Um, I would start off strong with a new beginning, thinking everything would be different. And then things would start deteriorating again Mm. in my life and the drinking would elevate. And then I'd start over again, but the constant was me. And that was what I needed to change. Yeah. And I don't know how I, I, I believe that it was just survival. I had, mm-hmm. you know, learned to survive. I'd learned to, um, put walls up around my heart and myself to protect myself, uh, because nobody else was going to do it. And I think I just continued to per- persevere and with God's support, even though I didn't realize it at that time, yeah. it got me through a lot. Um, and then work was good. I I got married, I had two kids, and then I got in front of the camera, and then life really started deteriorating because I had no self-love, mm. I had no self-esteem, and, ha- and now I'm putting myself in a situation where I'm being judged all of the time. I also, it's also a career where you've got to be available when somebody else calls you at all times, your agent, if you get the gig. And I had young children and my husband worked all the time. So it was me alone. Mm-hmm. So trying to find that balance. And then I started drinking more during the day because that became my liquid courage. So I would go for an audition and would be like, oh, I'll have a glass of wine. That'll make me more calm. Right. Mm-hmm then I drank after because whether I felt good about it or I felt bad about it. And then it just, the cycle just continued. And it was like that slippery slope
0: mm-hmm. that we,
2: we hear about Maybe, where yeah. you think you can manage it and you've got it under control. And then it just gets to a point where you cannot control it anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
2: I had my rock bottom, uh, which I was about to, you know, everybody always asks, how do you know if alcohol is a problem in your life? well, When everything is deteriorating, you have relationship problems, you're having problems in your, you know, in your work life, you're having to apologize for your behavior all the time. Mm -hmm. That was me. Uh, But I also, because of my victim mentality, I resented everyone around me because it certainly wasn't my fault. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) um, But I ended up getting uh, I went for a gig. I ended up drinking a lot and I got behind the wheel of the car and I got a DUI in a blackout. Mm. And that was my, that was my final straw. And that's when I woke up the next morning and I could have stayed in that anger, but I surrendered in that moment. And it was mm. pretty good. Yeah.
1: Wow. It's interesting to hear where, uh, you know, every, everyone's a different point of, of finally, you know, throwing your hands up and saying, you know, I'll do whatever it takes, you know? Yeah. I'll do it whatever it looks like this is this can't go
2: exactly and right i mean i'd gotten duis before when i was very young you know but that that point i'm thinking well everyone else is drinking and driving i just mm-hmm. got um you know there were a lot of times in my life that i think i was getting the signs that i needed to do something about it but mm-hmm. i just wasn't ready and pr- a year prior to that I actually, did. you know, they always say, what's your rock bottom? Like why, what made you stop? But it's something you think about for a long time. You, you know, something isn't right. And you're trying to find every reason why it is okay. Right. Or find any other way to help yourself instead of quitting drinking, because that's all I knew. Um, so about a year prior, I did go to the 12 step program, but I convinced myself I was not an alcoholic because I wasn't doing whatever. I'm not waking up drinking. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. Right? But that year, I I proved myself to be uh, the alcoholic that I was. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It just you had to get to that point where you you proved it to yourself. <laughs> the that we we all we all have to get to that point somehow, some way. Uh, and I think that you know, there's that wish that it, it could happen sooner for for us and many of us in in a yes. lot of ways. But it takes what it takes. Um, yes. So, what um what was your so did you go to did you go to treatment or did you just uh, go to the twelve ste- the rooms of the twelve steps and do the deal?
2: Yeah. So, like I said, so that next morning I woke up and. You first have to admit to yourself, right, that you're you have the mm. problem that you're an alcoholic and nobody else can force you to do this. And so I admitted myself first that I was an alcoholic and I walked down the stairs, uh, of course, in complete shame. And I sat down with my husband and in tears, I said, I'm an alcoholic and I need help. And he embraced me. Mm-hmm. and it was the first time I'd felt love because I didn't know what love was. I mean, I'd always been shown love as kind of a dirty thing, and mm-hmm. I didn't really know what it looked like, and and even though he always said he loved me, I never believed him. Even if you told me you loved me, I didn't really believe you, right?
1: Well, of course, because yeah. he, he didn't know the real you because you hadn't you were, you were completely transparent, vulnerable, and honest with him for the first time. Yeah. And he said, it's okay. I still love you. Like that yeah. was the first moment of like, yeah. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. Why that was the first point, you know, where you felt true love.
2: Yeah. And the weight of the world, like I tell you, cause you know, like you're living in the lies, like the, mm-hmm. lies, that, that lifestyle is so, Difficult. Um, and so yeah, I I actually went to the 12-step program. And for me, I wasn't uh I I definitely was drinking every day and drinking a bottle of wine a day. Uh and I and my days were surrounded around alcohol. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, for me, I was able to go to the 12-steps. I didn't have to go to detox and I didn't have to go to rehab. And, and the 12-step program did work for me. At that point, I was all in. Mm. And one thing that I have found about myself is when I make a decision about something, I'm all in and I make it and I will make it work, whatever I have to do. And so I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it, and you know, so I just started doing the work and that's the hardest part, right? Like you have to do the work and I wish I could just say it's easy, put down the drink and go to the, go to the the meetings, but there's so much work through those Mm -hmm. steps and, but there's also so much magic through those steps and that's where my yeah, I don't care how much therapy I'd gone through my true healing came through that.
1: Yeah. Once, once we get to the point where you're talking about the, the reaching the bottom, um, it's not easy. It's no longer fun. So it's not easy, whichever way you go, you keep going down the path and consequences are going to get worse and worse. And it's either death institutions, you know, um, and, uh, or you get sober, and you do the work. And it's, uh, you know, not like you said, not easy, but you there's there's positive reward. And we so much to gain the promises the promises do come true. And uh, you're definitely a living, obviously a living example of that. So um, I, I would love to hear a little bit about the following uh, period of time of you know, what did life look like for you? Um, you know, getting sober, working in the career that you're in. Mm-hmm. What were the choices that you made? Were you open about uh, your experience uh, with your family, colleagues at work?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning, um was very, very hush hush about everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I couldn't drive because. When you get your DUI, your license is taken away, right? So I could initially drive and, um, you know, this this also leads me to a story of where I start seeing signs from the other side. Because once you start this work, and for me, when you when you turn yourself over to your higher power, like I, I always had God in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it's hard for a lot of people because... Of organized religion and what their whatever their family life is like, and maybe they lived in fear or whatever whatever it is. Um, I when I went to these meetings and I would go into the little chapels and I would pray. Um, I realized, like after I asked Jesus in my heart and opened my heart to love and that I would follow him as the lamb, because there was a little lamb that was up in the front, and he as he my shepherd. It was amazing what started opening up for me. So mm-hmm. uh, in addition to working those steps, like I don't know about for you, but once I started writing down who had harmed me, and then I started seeing my role in it, that is where like so much started happening for me as far as, uh, healing relationships, being able to talk to my husband and communicate in a certain way, recognizing that I did have a place in it and how did I have a place in it? And, Mm. um, you know, so that really, really helped me too. And, you know, listening to all of the tools that were given me. So when you do have those difficult moments uh, that you have your, your toolbox uh, that mm. they create through the things that are told in the 12 step meetings. And some of them sound silly, right? You know, I, I, I remember, you know, hearing some of them and like move a muscle change a thought, huge one for me um, mm. that one worked um, loved the, uh, the gratitude jar uh, shifting from that negative place to a positive place. Um, And I always, I talk about that now living in gratitude versus that negativity. And this is when, when we're healing through these 12 steps and, and tell me if you agree, this is what I've discovered. Mm -hmm. This is where we are truly healing from our trauma, rewiring our brains, the way that we think at a really like, like from our core DNA, heart, mind, body, soul, everything is changing with within us. And it, oh, and it sure. is through these, you know, meditation and the meetings and giving back and, and just changing everything. It's not about us anymore. And we don't have to think, we, we're all alone and there, and there there's certainly so much hope for those meetings and hearing other stories and and getting out getting out of yourself and i i, I feel like I'm just rambling on, but it's just you're not
1: but there's so I wanted to touch on a couple things some yeah. themes that I heard you say, right yeah. so we go from isolation to connection, yeah, which is so important um but you know you talked about something that you gained. Um, which I love so much um, in working in working the steps. No matter, and, and you know what, I, there's people do all kinds of programs, and there's there's a common thread of taking accountability, no matter what you're doing. You know, whether it's working with the therapist, whether it's doing dharma, or um, you know, but doing an inventory, taking accountability, really real, realizing um, our part in um, everything. You yeah. know, If we're if we're if we're in a relationship of any sort. We always have a part yeah and we go from this place of um, for whatever reason addiction puts us in a place of victimhood always yeah no matter what kind of trauma that we've experienced that may have exacerbated our addiction and addictive behaviors um, we you know that look through this lens of you know it's them it's them it's them you know yes. and that what a gift. Uh, I know I, I can identify with what you're saying is that my relationships improved because my perspective improved on how I was showing up, how I was participating in contri- contributing or not contributing. I was telling myself a lie the whole time. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Um,
2: and also, right, pausing and not, uh, being able to pause and not react. That was another.
1: Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah right. were you a, were you a big yes. reactor
2: yes huge reactor always reacting
1: yeah yeah and
2: then and then always feeling terrible afterwards so
1: mm-hmm.
2: oh, it's nice not to have to you know we're not all perfect We're right? right we're always evolving and healing but
1: cleaning definitely. up the the Cleaning up the emotional, uh, whatever wreckage we're causing today is a lot easier than what we had back then, for sure. (laughs) The the messes are a lot smaller.
2: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And that's, you know, when I wrote my book, um, I just want to kind of go back to that because – you know, you had asked me about telling my story, and I was very quiet about my story. And my work is actually what led me uh, to what I'm doing. So God started guiding me to do a talk show, okay, which I'd never done before.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I had been in front of the camera and I had always worked uh, in television. Um, and and also I was very connected in my community. So I decided to do a social media talk show. Still not talking to anyone about what was going on with me. And it was about a year into that where my life was just, I'd I'd had so many God moments. I had had, and my life was just coming to a beautiful place. And I just knew that I wanted to give back what I was learning. And so I slowly started opening up that door to share what was going, I knew I had to share my truth if I was going to truly help anybody else. And I just got to a place where, and I still am like, I, I, you, I'll, you know, tell anyone that in, in recovery, like, and, and I'm proud to be in recovery and not struggling anymore and, you know, living the life that I'm living. And so I launched Wake Up With Marcy, which was about telling stories of of triumph. Anyone that's gone through a hardship, whatever it is, how did you get through that triumph so you could help the audience, right? Because Mm -hmm. in reality, we're all going through the same stuff. If, If we could just like share how we got through it to help somebody else know that there's hope, they're not alone. How did somebody else do it? Maybe something will trigger something for you. And then I was continued to being guided. And then that's when I was guided to write my book. And the universe starts bringing people into your life when you're doing what you're supposed to do. Um, I
1: believe that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so I finally got my final nudge. I call them nudges. And um, I went outside and I said, okay, God, I'm going to write this book. Okay. It was a clear day. And I swear to you, I saw a rainbow just appear, two doves come and land on my on the, the top of my home and a dragonfly come by me. Because dragonflies are a big part of my story too, for, for other reasons. And mm-hmm. um, it was just magic. Like just, there's no other explanation, but the universe, God and magic, the magic that, that you end up receiving through this, through this journey. Really,
1: mm, it's so beautiful. I think one of the things, like you said, what whatever you want to call it, magic, uh, higher power, spirituality, um, there is a force, and um, and oh gosh, one of the things that you just touched on that was a a really big theme. I still hold so much gratitude for was um, that shift that takes place from the the shame that we live in yeah for so long yeah where the we're maintaining the lies the you know whatever and um and uh whether they're the ones that we're believing or the ones that you know it there's a lot that it's like we've got all this stuff stacked up and we're trying to keep it you know, like <laughs> a big jenga set right and we don't want it to fall and and, and uh and then you know we 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 buy in we we're all into this thing called recovery, um but there's still a lot of lingering um shame and guilt and and I mean that takes a while to tweeze out, yes. and it's not it's something that we can mm-hmm. it's not something that you can do overnight it's not it's not a switch that can can be flipped. It can be very uh-huh. triggering it's all those things it's a long it's a long um and tedious process but um what i heard you saying i felt i like i remember that point for me where all of a sudden i had been doing the work long long enough to yeah. where i no longer felt shame about people knowing my consequences Mm-hmm. my that you know the fact that I that I was in full blown recovery now from full blown addiction not just a slightly bad drinking habit you know yeah. yeah um and uh you know that is a i think it's a it's a beautiful milestone when we're able to get to that place um where yeah. we're it's it's like a new level of thriving
2: do you um do you believe in like vibrational energy work? Do you practice? Oh that? sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's another really strong practice that comes through recovery. I feel like um, because it is all about that uh, mental wellness, and when mm-hmm. you're shifting yourself from those very low vibrations, like the shame and the guilt, and then you're moving up with anger and you know you're ticking up all these emotions and then you finally get to that place of love and joy and peace and just the, the just the beauty in that and and mm-hmm. i never thought it was possible like chaos to clarity right. i lived in chaos and if i didn't have chaos i was creating chaos because it mm-hmm. that's what felt comfortable even though i'd say i hated it mm-hmm. that's what i I knew. And
1: this is the beautiful thing, one of the beautiful things about telling stories because while there's similarities I identify with you, there's yeah. a difference for you and I because you talk about your trauma from from childhood where you it sounds like for the most part had very chaotic because of the trauma you experienced mm-hmm. um a, a very chaotic childhood. I didn't have I mean I think we all had some sort of t- some sort of trauma growing up, but I didn't have any big T trauma, anything like that. And I, I knew like up, I didn't touch alcohol or drugs or anything until college. And there were, for me, it was interesting because it wasn't a first time uh, when I hit the, uh, that that other side, the clarity point, the true joy that, you know, where everything is flipped in recovery. I realized Oh my gosh, it's been years since I felt this way, since I felt true joy, since I felt whole and healthy and you know, and all these all of these things. Um, but I have to think that there are uh so many people tuning in today that are identifying with your story saying, I didn't know what that was like even as a child mm-hmm. beforehand. Yeah. Because it's from what I heard from you, you're saying like this was in recovery. I'm experiencing all of this really for the first time, the trauma healing, the, you know, reaching that the higher vibrations that it was a completely new level for you.
2: Well, what's interesting is I do remember myself as a, a very young child and. Oh, I felt so much love as a as a little person. Mm -hmm. As that child. And I said, I love you to everyone all the time. Like, I, like love was everything. I just felt like I was born in love and I just loved everybody. And all I wanted was love and I wanted to give love. And, um, and that was all shattered. Uh, and I, it took me a long time to get back to that place. Mm -hmm. And I've done a lot of inner child work. Um, to try to heal and go back and protect that that little girl and tell her it's okay, and you know it's really magical what you can do through uh, meditation Absolutely. and yeah, the energy works, so I'd really uh, I would so recommend if anyone hasn't done that and they're going through a very hard time, not just drinking or not drinking it. We we need to heal. We need to heal from that past and and what was destroyed inside of us. And I've also heard the stories of people going to college or they have never drank, and then all of a sudden something starts happening in their life and they start drinking. Or maybe it's perimenopause for women or having kids. You know, there's just so many. We start having these hormonal changes. There's so many reasons why people start drinking and then their bodies become addicted to it. And, yep. um, you know, so there's, there's really, we all have our own reasons why yeah. why we start, uh, overcompensate or over drinking. I'll mm-hmm. say uh, for me, what I've learned, and this is what I, I teach a lot in my book is that while I put down the drink, what I want people to learn in my book, whether you are addicted to something or not, this okay. book helps you to heal from that, that victim mentality, mm. break generational cycles, mm. huge, um, see signs of behaviors within yourself and how to change those. If those are you know, things you want to change and then also see uh See signs from the other side and and build on spirituality and how to do that. Um, build routines in your life that are that are positive. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of of help out there in ways that we can change our lives. And we don't have to be addicts to to live a better life, um, because when we live in a place of judging others or comparing ourselves or
1: mm.
2: jealousy, you know, these are all very low vibrational places and and that's a lot those are there's reasons why that's happening and that's you know maybe you were just told to to be quiet when you were little or you were constantly made fun of by somebody and and in your family or whatever these are all things that create the people we are Mm -hmm. Um, but it's so possible to change who we are and and live a beautiful life and I just you know I always say when I started these things have been happening for me or winning awards or a telly award or entrepreneurial awards and stuff. I'm like, I don't even know who I am, but I know I'm, I'm, i I'm who I am because of the work I've done. And absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. Um, you're providing, you know, different forms of different tools to help with uh, healthy coping. It's, I mean, you know, what it comes yes. down to, I mean, we've got, we've got life that is, you know, as humans, we're, we've got to live it and uh stuff comes up and we've got to have a toolbox and the fact of the matter is i think that so many of us don't realize that we you've got a toolbox whether you realize it or not Mm -hmm. it's what is it full of Mm -hmm. and a lot of us out there have a toolbox that's full of a bunch of junk that we go to when we don't feel good and we use those tools and um they're not helping us. They're not propelling us towards, uh, like you said, higher vibrations or health. And so, um, yeah, it, I love everything you said about what your book does. And, um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to hopefully listen. Do, do you have the audio version available?
2: Do you know what's funny? I just was speaking with someone via email about starting, uh, that process. So yes, I am. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I'm excited about getting that done. Um, but I just, you know, like I just put out the book, I don't know, was that like three weeks ago? So I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get it out there. And I'm so excited about it. And so grateful, cool. like I said, and, 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 and it's so funny, like to just think about what we're doing. And me a recovery expert on these, <laughs> these shows, you know, it's like, who would have ever thought it? you
1: know have, you know who would have i think i feel like bill wilson and you know yeah. a lot of the the early day the early timers would have said the same thing you know yeah. um the most unlikely <laughs> of people come together um and then continue to help extend the helping hand and um it's just so cool how we keep getting connected how you and i got connected how yeah. it's just it's really awesome so like um it. Just love our 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 friend Bronwyn. she's a wonderful wonderful mm. lady. I um, love
2: when yeah yeah she came to my um my book launch.
1: Yes, I saw yes. that. that yes. Very awesome. That was really special. Yep. So um, I wanted to ask you a kind of wrap up question uh, for the people who have said you know I really identify with all or part of. Uh, Marcy's story, what would you like to leave them with a last word of encouragement?
2: Well, that you can do it, that you are not alone, that your past does not define you. And that there is no shame in asking for help, that people around you are waiting for you to ask for the help that you are surrounded by love, whether you think you are or not. There are truly people that love you and want to help you. And that when you start letting go of these negative coping mechanisms, you will replace them with positive ones and your life will start changing in a way that you, you can't even believe is possible. And I am always here. If anyone ever wants to reach out to me, in any way. And, uh, if you are alone and you just need someone, I'm here too.
1: Awesome. And we will absolutely have all of your, your website, your Instagram, all the ways to connect to, um, your show and, uh, book and all the things in the show notes, uh, everywhere this episode is, uh, available. So if you're watching or listening, just scroll down, you will see how to connect with Marcy and, uh, so thank you to, for, for coming on today and for your vulnerability and, and sharing. I'm so grateful to you, Marcy, and uh, to each of you tuning in. And I will uh, close out the same way I always do and remind each and every one of you that it is never, ever too late to start loving yourself and you're only one decision away from a completely different life.
0: For more information on today's episode, check out the show notes. Recovery Stories is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health's Rooted Alumni Community. If you or a loved one are struggling, have questions, or ready to take the next step, call our Admission Center at 888-648-4098 or visit us online at www.promisesbehavioralhealth.com. Our team is ready and waiting to answer the call for help. Whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please share with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave us a review. We are grateful for you and hope that you have been encouraged by today's episode. As always, remember you are only one decision away from a completely different life, and it is never too late to start loving yourself.